We are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go. All right, hour two of the show. Off and running with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. All across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Huge NFL weekend. Now, look, I know, I know it's the last weekend of the regular season and not every game has something riding on it, but a bunch of them do. And you get down to it, you play that many games, get it down to one game, and it can determine who's in the playoffs and who isn't. Who's playing at home versus who's on the road. And for some teams that we have seen, a la, how about them Cowboys, being at home versus being on the road is a big deal. I don't, you know, and we'll we'll kind of look at it and see. I'm not, you know, even if you win the division, I'm not sure, I don't know if it gives Cowboys home field or not. I, you know, I have to look at that and see. But it also is a free-for-all Friday around here, so a little bit of everything goes. So I'm just glad to be here. And you can be a part of the show. You can comment on the live stream if you're on YouTube or Facebook or X slash Twitter. Just type in a comment, question, opinion, otherwise. It pops up right here. I can see it. Make it a part of the show. We were having a little conversation on the Murray West live thread a bit ago about Somebody asked Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss, where's he going to go? I don't think anybody knows, but I, I felt like you might, you know, you've heard so much about he was causing problems and those kinds of things. He's such a great player. But we've heard a lot in the last 24 hours about he was causing problems. Uh, coming, That's coming from, you know, Ole Miss and some of the people that cover their team and everything. And, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't know, but it's like you can almost read it and see and go, okay, you, you might know the truth or fiction of some of that based on the amount of opportunities that he has, right? Because, I mean, it's again, it's not like we're talking about a quarterback. No offense to running backs, I believe in them, but even the NFL has devalued that position a little bit over the years. And uh, so it's not like you're a quarterback or a big-time game-changing defensive tackle or, or a, you know, defensive end. But with that kind of ability, that kind of player, that kind of experience, if there is no baggage or concerns, then he's going to have a multitude of options, big-time options. However, if the, if the options seem slim, then it might be an indication that, yeah, he, he did let the money go to his head a little bit, you know? I don't know. <clears throat> Jimmy commented on YouTube on the Murray West live thread. He said, you can't walk back some of this stuff that's been leaked out about him. Makes it hard for him to change his mind and stay. No, that's the truth. Now, I'll say that much. You know, it's pretty clear that nobody on the Ole Miss side is interested in him staying <laughs> based on the stuff that's been leaked out there. And, you know, again, you know, if, if you're like me, you're kind of on the outside. You just see it. It, you know, somebody sends you a screenshot of something here on the text line or you see it on social media. It's hard to know where a lot of that comes from. You don't know whether it's somebody trying to report something they know or whether it's somebody trying to give it a certain look. You, you know, some of that stuff you just don't know. Um, you have to let it sort of play out. 
Sven commented and said he just wants to play pro ball. Well, and I, I'll tell you, I would, I would think he's certainly good enough. I mean, and I know he got banged up a little bit, but relatively healthy considering how, you know, how many times he touched the ball and how many carries he had over his career there. Short career. Now, Blind Squirrel Sports on the Murray West live thread says, sounds to me like Ole Miss afraid of him landing in Alabama. Well, and he is from Alabama, right? Originally from there. And that's the thing. That's why I'm saying, you know, I, I, I kind of tend to feel like lean towards in any situation, not just specifically that one. It'd be any situation for any school. Let's say you do have a player, you know, whether he's a big-time star or not, doesn't, that doesn't matter. But you have a player who, let's say you don't like him. You just don't like him anymore. Okay, he's been hard to deal with. Maybe you had an issue or two with him. Maybe you had some discipline stuff you had to deal with. I don't know. And that player up and decides he's out. I just tend to think the right thing to do, even if all that stuff's true, is you just keep that to yourself. Deal with that in, know that internally. You know, what's the point in now that the decision has been made that that player is going to leave? Again, I, I don't know. I, when you're the program and it's the decision that that player is going to leave, then just let him go. You know, and kind of take the high road on everything. And no, the program itself couldn't necessarily, like, I guess, stop some media person if they've got info. I don't guess you could stop them from putting that out there and all that. But, but that's the kind of stuff you need to just kind of keep internally, I think. If I'm part of it, if I'm on the team, if I'm coaching, administrator, you know, I don't want to like post my business. Even if it does involve a player, a good player decides to leave, the reality is we're kind of fine with him leaving. Well, just be fine with him leaving. You know I mean, you know, you don't have to cause problems for him to put out the idea that he was a big, he was a big problem. And that's why I said, you know, you can't, even if all that's true, you can't help but some of it is a little bit of a taking the low road look like a sour grapes look, you can't help it looking that way, even if all that's true. Because then people are going to go, well, if he was such an issue, why didn't we hear about that before he decided to transfer? If he was such an issue, why did he touch the ball more than any other player you've got in the bowl game? You see what I'm saying? You can't help it. So just keep it to yourself. That's kind of what I would think. I know it's a different era. It's hard for us all to sit here and say they are college, quote-unquote, kids, right? Because especially like one like that, that running back at Ole Miss, he's making all kinds of money. I mean all kinds of money. I get it. Still doesn't change the fact that I just think the right way to handle it is you made the decision to leave, just let it stand at that. And there's, there's no need for a there's no need for a top 10 program, okay, to feel as though they need to save some face for some reason. Just let them go. You ain't got to, now that he's leaving, get out here and tell me what a problem he was. Well, you don't have to do that. That's just me. 
And there's no, look, say it like this too. The other side of that coin, there's nothing wrong at all with a program internally deciding, hey, I don't care how good this guy is. I'm tired of him being around here. I'm tired of dealing with it. Especially if he's causing problems. Okay. If he is, nothing wrong with a program deciding, let's cut him loose. <laughs> In this environment, you say, hey, man, would you like to go somewhere else? You don't seem happy here. Well, if that's the case, again, help him. Or why would you cause problems for him? I don't understand all of it. I really don't. Tell you what I do understand. Whipped cream. I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Hold on. Hey, Beaver. Matt Wyatt. Today is National Whipped Cream Day. Whipped. <laughs> okay, technically it's whipped cream like with a D. Now, I'm not sure I knew National Whipped Cream Day, January the 5th. Now, the first thing I'm going to need out of you, Beaver, is a list, maybe the top two, three, I don't know, four, five things that are better with whipped cream on it. Pumpkin pie, number one. All right, pumpkin pie, put the whipped cream on there. All right, so we're going pumpkin pie, number one. All right. What else? Whipped, whipped. It lends itself to pies. <laughs> it does. But I don't remember. Well, no, because when you certain certain chocolate pies, like a French silk or whatever, yeah, they have whipped cream in the recipe on there. So let's say let's say anything chocolate. Okay, anything, anything chocolate in the pie family. Whipped cream is going to enhance. Okay. Ma ma mainly pies. We seem. I don't know what else you can put. I mean, you can put whipped cream on a lot of stuff, but I don't know that I've had it on anything but pie. Right. Can't remember. All right. But they don't. I'm trying to, and I'm drawing a blank on it here. Okay. Some people say something different. Like they have a different way of describing whipped cream. They, what's the term they use? Uh, like if I go to Chick-fil-A and, and I get a milkshake, they say you want it with, and instead of saying whipped cream, it's the same thing, but they say something else. I'm trying to think. Whip. whip they say whipped topping. No, I've heard whipped Or top. they just leave the ED off because usually people say whipped cream. Yeah. But you're looking for something else. Yeah, it's something else. Anyway. But they'll do that. See, that's the other thing I was going to say is if I go through the drive-thru and get a milkshake and they say, do you want you want a whipped cream? Yeah, mm, I do. <laughs> Put it on there. I think it's, I think milkshakes are better with it on there. I'm trying to think what else, though. I mean, pies. I don't know what else is on our list. Now, Keith on Facebook, Beaver, Keith says banana split. When's the last time you had a good old-fashioned banana split? I was probably real young. Yeah. It's been a while. I mean, yeah, he's right. He's right about that. I want one right now. <laughs> I want a banana split 
right this minute. Now, look at here. What do you think about this? Denzel, White Denzel says coffee with whipped cream. Anything to make that crap taste better. I'm, yeah, I'll agree. Okay. You, you know how I feel about coffee. <laughs> yeah, you're not a big fan of it. I love it. Yeah, you do. I love it. Well, okay. The next question on this is where there are two types of people in the world, apparently. And the show Family Guy, in a sketch between Stewie and Brian one day, identified these, you know, another way that you can divvy up what side of the line a certain person is on. And it's how do you pronounce it? Ooh, you got some pie, huh? Can I have a piece? Uh, sure. Ooh, let me have some of that cool whip. Okay, did you hear I said it? Did you hear how Stewie said it? Here it is. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without cool whip. Cool whip? Cool whip, yeah. You mean cool whip? Yeah, cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> You're saying it weird. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? What are you talking about? I'm just saying it. Cool whip. You put cool whip on pie. Pie tastes better with cool whip. Say whip. <laughs> whip. Now say cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. It gets me every time. Now, Beaver, say cool whip. Cool whip. See, you're on Brian's side. I have to admit, I went through this exercise earlier, and when I say it naturally, without thinking about it, and it comes out of my mouth, I think I'm pronouncing the H. I'm saying whipped cream. <laughs> you did. I, you were you were heavy heavier H. I don't I don't think I say whip cream. I think I say whipped cream. <laughs> and it I I never thought of this. Especially when you say cool whip. I put a little H in there. I don't say cool whip. I go cool whip. <laughs> what is it? Where is that? Why did I, where did I get that from? I don't know. Happy National Whipped Cream Day. Whipped cream. What you going to put it on? Rob on Facebook says hot chocolate and key lime pie. Now, wait just a minute. All right. Hot chocolate. I don't drink a lot of hot chocolate. But cool whip on hot chocolate. Some whipped cream. Bring that on. Apparently, Will is among the number of those who pronounce the H. He says cool whip. Miss Dinah likes whipped cream on coffee. Now, look at here. That's two people I think highly of. White Denzel and Miss Dinah. She's on Facebook that want whipped cream on the coffee. See, I'm going to convince myself to say whipped cream. I ain't saying whipped cream anymore. Uh, Rick says on strawberry shortcake. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Been a while, but bring that on, too. <laughs> Brian. You know, this whipped cream and coffee stuff. Yeah? Sorry, Matt. No, no, go ahead. It really makes sense because now that uh, she said that, that reminds me. Okay, remember, do you remember when... It was about, I want to say this probably started like seven or eight years ago. Do you remember when the keto diet was 
like a huge fad? Yes, I do. Okay, so a lot of people on the keto diet, their breakfast was coffee with heavy whipping cream. Okay, okay, heavy cream. Oh, heavy whip, because heavy whipping cream is much different than heavy cream. It's two different things. And they would put that in their coffee, you said? Yeah. See, I don't, like, what's the purpose of that? I guess it's to sweeten it in a similar way to cream and sugar, but it not, actually not be cream and sugar, I guess. Yeah. Well, th- the trend was also they would put butter in it, too, but I'd, I I yeah. would hear a lot about heavy well, now yeah. you got me thinking, what is the heavy cream and heavy whipping cream? Okay, here's why I'm saying that. Because, like, heavy cream, it, it's the substance of liquid. It's a liquid, basically. Okay? And we did this experiment at our house uh, la- maybe two years ago when Mary Liddy was in the fifth grade. She came home one day. She said, Daddy, we need to try that. I want to get some some heavy cream, and we're going to try this. I was like, what is it? And no joke, Beaver, like you get a carton of the heavy cream out of the dairy section at the grocery store, bring it home. You can like pour it in a jar where you can tighten the lid and you just shake the jar vigorously, <laughs> like for a while. And after a little while, you know what you have in that jar? Mm. The best butter you've ever had. Real butter <laughs> that you can save and use and spread on bread and and it's a whole lot better than the pre-made butter you're buying at the store you have butter now it takes some shaking i even debated on you know how you you ever bought paint at the paint store and they mix up colors for you like pick out a color and they got to mix it up for you and you know how they take the paint can and they stick it in that shaker have you ever watched that machine work yeah, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> it sure is. And I thought, man, I could buy that right there. That machine, make a small investment in that machine. I wonder how long it would take me selling real butter at, like, farmer's markets <laughs> to, to recoup my money and then become profitable. Because I'm just telling you, anybody that eats food is going to like that butter better than what they're buying in a carton or in the package. Just one one man's opinion. And I will say, too, that, you know, I guess Mary Liddy would have been 11, 10 or 11 at the time. It, we did have to hand it off to each other. Like, she would shake the jar for a while, and then she'd hand it back to me, and I'd shake it for a while. And it'd be hard on one person to do that. <laughs> You'd need some help. We made butter. out of it. So there's a difference. I think if we try that with heavy whipping cream, it's not going to turn out too well. That's what I think. Somebody said put Cool Whip on Jell-O. Now, look here. Jeremy says on the Country Pleasing text line that he's heard butter in the coffee. Butter in coffee. Helps the body to better absorb the benefits from the coffee more efficiently. Where did you hear that, Jeremy? Jeremy. I'm going to need to read the research first. He's right, Matt. It's the butyric acid in the butter. It's you, good for your intestines and everything. Okay, you looked it up, didn't you? No, I've heard this <laughs> from 
I don't know where I heard it, but we're going to I'm you say you're skeptical, but I'm going to say the experts. They they say. The experts say that. Okay. See, this is what I'm talking about right here. White Denzel responds and says, this is the most Chris Brooks segment I've ever heard, and I love it. <laughs> I mean, as long as you like it. Okay, JS290 went a little further. He told me that whipped cream has sugar added into it, a little bit of sugar in there. Is that what? I mean, everything's better with a little sugar, right? I'm with you, Chuck. Uh, Chuck says that he doesn't like any sort of cream in coffee. He says coffee should be hot and bitter like summer in the deep south. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I, You know, I don't want anything in that right there. It's good like it is. It is really hot coffee out of my thermos. I ground up the beans earlier today, ran it through the coffee maker. I get my coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. I like the way it tastes. I don't want something in it. I want it to be... That bitterness is part of it. That's like saying, somebody going, hey, I like hot peppers like jalapenos and stuff. I just I just like to have it in things that help me cool it off. Well, then, what are you, what are you eating it for? Somebody That's like somebody wanting decaf coffee. Why? Why would you do that? But that's just me. All right. NFL, college basketball, full rundown coming up. It's going to be a fun weekend of sports. It is. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire. The number one network in Mississippi is C Spire. Check them out, cspire.com. They always have great deals at the beginning of the year. Now would be a good time to check that out. Me included. I, I need a new phone. Mine's all busted up. Auburn is making a change, staff change at Auburn. Philip Montgomery is not retained as offensive coordinator at Auburn. Auburn offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery will not be retained, head coach Hugh Freeze announced today. Quote, I informed Philip today he would not be retained as our offensive coordinator. Philip's a good coach and a good man. Decisions like this are never easy, however. I decided this is best for our program moving forward. I'm appreciative of his efforts this past year and wishing him nothing but the best. So there you go. So Auburn is in the market for a new offensive coordinator. Meanwhile, NFL football on the docket for this weekend. Football in America is a special game, a unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Woo! 
Make your hair stand up on the back of your neck. Steelers at Ravens. Ravens have it all wrapped up. Steelers are 9-7. and seven. The storyline to watch in that game, uh, Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday, tomorrow at 3.30. It's a division game for them, by the way. The Steelers have beaten the Ravens three straight times in Baltimore. That's where the game is. They've won by a total of 10 points in those three. That's how close the games have been. Last time Baltimore won a home game against Pittsburgh, 2019 regular season finale. Now, the Ravens have wrapped up the number one seed in the AFC. Um, Last time they did that, they rested Lamar Jackson. So he's going to sit out again, not play it. What's at stake in that game? How come we got so many Steelers fans around here? I constantly run into Steelers fans. What's at stake? All right, so the Ravens are locked into the number one seed in the AFC. Steelers have a lot on the line in this game tomorrow. They can clinch a playoff berth if they win and then get either the Jaguars to lose, who I think they may be without their quarterback. Maybe. Or they need the Bills to lose. Or they need the Texans and the uh, Colts to tie. They can also get in if they lose to Baltimore tomorrow. (laughs) There's a way they could get in if they lose. They would need the Broncos to win their game, the Jaguars to lose theirs, and anything other than a tie in Texans and Colts, which is possible. Okay, So those things have to fall in place, but they could fall in place. One of the games that ties into that one in the AFC is Texans Colts. All right, you got Gardner Minshew as a quarterback for the Colts, right? They're nine and seven. They're at home in Indianapolis tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be a seven fifteen Central kick. The Texans are there at the Colts division game, and it's they also are nine and seven. Here's what's at stake: the winner of this game tomorrow night makes the playoffs. And if the Jaguars lose on Sunday, then the winner would also clinch the division, the AFC South. The loser is eliminated. So everything is riding on that game uh, tomorrow night. It's a home game for Indianapolis. Everybody's picking the Texans, by the way, to go in there and win. Winner is in. The loser is goes back to the house. Get ready for next year. All right. You have Browns go to Cincinnati. Okay, so Cleveland's in Cincinnati. Browns, Bengals. Browns are 11-5 and five this year. Bengals are 8-8. Eight and eight. Here's what's at stake in that game. Not much. The Browns are in the playoffs. Okay, they're the number five seed. I think that's what they're going to be regardless and the Bengals have been eliminated. You've got Vikings at Lions, Minnesota at Detroit. Vikings are seven and nine. Of course, Detroit's in the playoffs. They're eleven and five at home after losing to the Cowboys. Controversial deal at the end of it last week in overtime or whatever it was. Was it overtime? I don't think so. No, it was not overtime. They're trying to win it in regulation. Here's what's at stake there. So the Lions are the NFC North champion. That's the division with the Vikings and the Packers and the, what am I missing, Bears. 
So they are the division champion. They're either going to be the number two or the three number three seed in the playoffs in the NFC. For the most part, they can relax uh, when they play on Sunday. The Vikings, they're hanging in there. They're two games below 500, seven and nine, but they still have some faint playoff hopes. All right, first, they have to win. All right, so Minnesota's got to win. You have to wonder how much different their season would be if Kirk Cousins hadn't gotten hurt, but regardless, he did. So if the Vikings win, they would need the Packers to lose and the Seahawks to lose, along with either the Saints or the Buccaneers losing. See, so that kind of ties in there a little bit. It's a really slim chance for all those things to happen, but noted, if Minnesota can beat the Lions on Sunday, there is some sort of chance they got to watch all these other games. That's what's at stake in that one. And then you go Jaguars, Titans. The Titans are out of it five and eleven. Jags at nine and seven, and there's you know plenty on the line. Now, if Trevor Lawrence plays, you don't know that he will. He needs 264 pass yards to be the first Jaguars quarterback with multiple 4,000-yard seasons. They've never had a quarterback in Jacksonville do that, multiple 4,000-yard seasons. Uh, this is all about what could or couldn't happen for Jacksonville. The you know, Titans are out of it. The Jags can win the AFC South with a win, but they could also still clinch a wild-card spot if they lose. If they lose, they're going to need the Broncos to lose, the Steelers to lose, and anything other than a tie in the Texans and Colts game. So, you know, again, you win, you're in, you win the division, there you go. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Here you go, Saints fans. I'm sure, again, if you're a diehard Saints fan, you know this already, you've studied it. For those that aren't, just know. This would, this would be education for those of us that aren't Saints fans to understand why our friends who are diehard Saints fans are a little antsy right now. <laughs> a little, little bit on pins and needles. Saints at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're hosting the Falcons. Division game here is 7-9. Here's what's at stake. If Tampa Bay were to mess up and lose to an awful Carolina team, then the winner of this game, Saints and Falcons, would win the NFC South. That's if the Buccaneers lose. The Saints also have a bonus scenario to try to get in the, the wild card deal. If the Bucs do win, beat the Panthers, clinch the division, the Saints could still make the playoffs if they beat the Falcons, win this game, and have the Packers and Seahawks both lose. So, yes, you're pulling for a win. Regardless, Saints fans, you're pulling for the Packers and the Seahawks to lose. Told you that the Buccaneers play uh, against Carolina. The Packers are hosting the Bears. Kind of tell you what they're up against. Let me go to the Cowboys. Spell it out for you right here. Now, they're playing at Washington. 4-12 and football team. Dallas, a two-touchdown favorite. Cowboys are 11-5. and They win the division, all this kind of stuff. Here's how it's spelled out for you. The Cowboys are in the playoffs. They are in the driver's seat in their division. If they win, they win the division title there. Even if they lose, even if the Cowboys lose, which, again, fat chance, but if they did, 
they can still win the division if the Eagles lose to the Giants. And the Eagles have not played good football lately. So, you know, there's there's that scenario. Then on the other side of it, you got draft implications too. They say that if the commanders um you know win, lose, it could make a difference in a spot. If they lose it, I think they're right now in the number two spot in terms of the draft. Uh, Saints fans, you're watching the Seahawks. They have to play at Arizona. It's not a given. I mean, Arizona's out of it. They're 4-12 and football team. They have home wins against both the Cowboys and the Eagles in Arizona. So, I mean, that's not an easy trip. Seattle, I think, on the road there at Arizona is like less than a field goal favorite in the ballgame. And maybe, you know, the maybe the best game or best matchup all weekend, I, I hadn't read yet what's riding on it, but it is Rams and 49ers on NFC West. Chiefs are in uh, Los Angeles. They're playing the Chargers division game. And, you know, Chiefs are a number three seed in the AFC playoffs. They are the AFC West champs no matter what. Uh, Chargers still have a chance to land a top five draft pick, depending on how it all falls this weekend. But that pretty much is what I'm keeping an eye on. Chiefs are three seed. Nothing's going to change that. Cowboys could be division champs. See what happens. Just got to win their game, a game they should win. Saints could be division champs and could get in even if they don't win. Uh, We just have to see. All right. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Hot coffee in the thermos. One week worth of shows in 2024 in the books. It'll be the first week of the new year. We can still call it the new year, even though I'm not wishing someone a happy new year, right? We can do that. I get, you know, I like coffee. It does have caffeine. And hey, I saw where Charles Barkley um, on the NBA, inside the NBA show deal that he does with uh, Shaq and Kenny and Ernie and all those guys. And he had said that his New Year's resolution was to give up Diet Coke. He had already said that. So when they came back on camera, everybody on the desk except him was drinking Diet Coke. (laughs) They were just, you know. Sipping on Diet Coke, making it as hard on him as they could. It's good to have friends, right? <laughs> friends who will have a little fun at your expense every now and then. If you can't laugh at yourself, what can you laugh at? Well, I appreciate y'all being here today. Hey, and uh, let's do this. First week of the year, let's wrap the, the week up the right way. And that is, let's get our nose in the Bible. A question or two, Bible questions, with my friend Terry Fant the pastor at Hickory Ridge Baptist Church in Florence, Mississippi. And he's on your radio for the first time in 2024 right now. Terry, how are you? Happy New Year. Matt, I'm doing very well. And I have to be honest, a little earlier you had me 
saying whip out loud just to say how I said that, you know, and I've got some corrections to make. I do. So do you pronounce the H in cool whip or or not? Yes. I, I, I didn't think I did, but, but yeah, I believe I do. I'm the same way. So, I, I did not think I did, but then I started saying, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm saying the H. Yeah. It's yeah, funny. How God we, help us. Yeah, I know it. And <laughs> it's funny. You know, we said... Um, I mean, it's good to have friends who will have a little fun at your expense. I was talking about Charles Barkley, but it's also good to have friends that you can, um, uh, you know, if you've got a Bible question or even just a Bible discussion you want to have, it's good to have friends you can yeah. do that with, isn't it? I mean, thankful that we don't have Absolutely. to go, th- we don't have to go through it by ourselves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Same for you. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to um, ask you. You know, and for those listening, you might not know this. Sometimes Terry and I will text back and forth, um, and and there may be a question of like, like, you know, what should we, what verse or what scripture should we look at, or what should be the topic? And oftentimes Terry will say, "Well, let's let's listen, and and see what God may want us to talk about." So Terry, let's start right there. When when we're talking about maybe what to study in the Bible or what to discuss. And you say, well, let's listen for a little while. Let's start right there. What is that? What are we listening for? So, man, I, you know, you hear people say sometimes that, you know, what do you mean God speaks to you? And, and what we what we do is we pray. And prayer is not just talking. It's also listening. And uh, I'm, I've learned in my life slowly, because I'm a slow learner, that, uh, that I need to listen more for his voice, you know, to say, okay, God, uh, Matt's got an awesome audience out there. And I know that you want to say something to them. And I'm not big enough. Me and Matt aren't big enough to know what's going on in, in, in the hearts and lives of people, but you are. So, God, show us what we ought to talk about. And then we just listen. And sometimes that voice is very clear. Uh, but sometimes it's just a, a thought that maybe he places on your mind. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's very, very clear. He'll, he just sort of says it, you know, in your in your mind. Yeah. Well, and, and in the I, – I'll admit, Terry, I've had – multiple times in my life where I have prayed and said, Lord, I just don't have confidence that I'm smart enough to see this stuff or to figure it out. I, please just hit me over the head with it. Please make it obvious. W- when you hear someone like me say that I've prayed like that at times, what do you think about it? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that God deals with us as, as sons mm-hmm. and daughters and so he knows exactly how to speak to us. And I, I've, I've prayed that same prayer, God. You know, I'm simple-minded, and I'm sort of slow of hearing sometimes, so I need you to make it crystal clear. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. does. Yeah. He does. He does. All right, so you you sent me a note about Psalm 29. Um, and there's a that whole chapter. It's not a very long chapter. It's just 11 verses uh, in Psalm 29. But there's so much in there about, the voice of the Lord, uh, like analogies and descriptions and ways it describes uh, a Psalm of David, the way David describes the voice of the Lord. So I'll start you one here. This is verse four. It said, uh, it says, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. What does that mean? Well, it begins to speak about, uh, David is recounting that God's voice has done some powerful things 
And if you look back in verse 2, when he speaks of the Lord, the voice of the Lord is over the waters, there's the illusion there of creation, you know, where it says the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. Yeah. And so you can just sort of hear David being mindful of the fact that God spoke into existence galaxies and universes and star systems. And, and he's talking about how powerful God's voice has been in all of David's understanding. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there's so many things like in that chapter, um, the voice of the, this is verse five, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Uh, verse seven, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. So if I, so if I look at that, let's just say, Terry, that let's just say maybe like I'm a new Christian and I just open the Bible in the middle, like we do a lot of times. And then I start reading that. And I, Let's say someone has a question. They go, well, am, am I to read this literally, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, or do I read it strictly as an analogy of something? How, how would you answer that if a person were to ask you that That's question? a great question. That's a great question, Matt. And, and two, we have to be mindful of what is the style of writing, or a fancy word is genre, Yeah. and what is the genre or style of writing? And we know that the Psalms oftentimes is poetry. You know, there's a, there's a style of poetry. So knowing what the genre is, we know that we know that here then is some imagery because in poetry we use imagery to bring a point across. Mm-hmm. And so he's giving us images here of the voice of God because the people knew how strong the cedars were. And so when he says the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, the imagery is that even that thing we have in our mind that's so powerful, his voice is stronger. Uh-huh. Uh, verse six, he makes them skip like a calf. These great mighty trees, God's voice is so powerful. They're like a little. It's like making a little calf skip across a meadow. Mm-hmm. And so it is imagery here because of the style of writing here is, is a poetry type of, of writing. Terry Fant on your radio right now. And y'all can follow him on social media. He's at Pastor Terry Fant. The last two verses in Psalm 29, Terry, 10 and 11. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Um, here's, I guess, in relation to him giving his people peace. If I consider myself a Christian, a child of God, I am his people and having peace. It is reading scripture, which I believe is, you know, the inspired word of God is God's word. So is reading scripture the same as hearing God's voice? Absolutely it is. Matter of fact, number one way God speaks is through his word. And as a matter of fact, the way you can know that God's voice may be in your head or your heart is correct is when it lines up with the written word of God. Mm. Almost checking it against the written word of God. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And and Terry, we've all had the experience I'll, I'll have times where I go too long without burying my nose in the Bible and studying it and reading God's Word. And when I finally do, I get tremendous, like even internal relief. And I always think, God, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> you know? I wonder if you've gone through that. Absolutely. Yes, sir, I have. It's even, you know, Matt, even with this wrist surgery and the pain, there were several days there where 
just the pain was so intense I couldn't really sit down and focus to read. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it really messed with me um, because I needed the voice of the Lord in my life. Look in verse 10. He says, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. He's talking about a catastrophic event. Right. And he was on the throne then, and he's on the throne now. Right. And because of that, he can speak peace and strength to his people. That's so good. So when it comes to worry, needing peace, needing the assurance and hope for the future, there it is right there in the Psalm of David, Psalm 29. That's it. Like in Isaiah, Isaiah 66, I'll, I'll never forget Matt Buckles preaching on Isaiah 66 and that verse where it says, uh, the Lord says, the earth is my footstool. Where, footstool. It, where is the house you will build me? Mm. He's over it all. Hey, hey, here's the good news. While we slept last night, yep. he rained. <laughs> he doesn't need to sleep. Uh, no. That's great. Terry, it's good to hear your voice, man. I'm glad you're healing up, doing well, and I really do appreciate it. Talk soon. God bless you, man. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. That's Terry Fant. And check out his podcast, Truth For Today, with Pastor Terry Fant. And that'll wrap it up for this week. Back with you all next week. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show, we'll see you then.